Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon. Hi, I'm Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat. Today we'll be discussing pet funeral services and the outlook that it has on the funeral services industry. And I'd like to welcome our esteemed guest, Thomas Parmalee. He's the executive editor at Kate Spoilson Publications, which is a division of UCG. And it's focused on reporting news and providing analysis to funeral service professionals. Um, Tom also oversees the Funeral Service Insider, and that's the most popular newsletter in the country for funeral professionals. He's also a marketing copywriter at iUniverse, and he's an award-winning journalist, and he has written many articles on pet funeral services. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Nancy, for having me. Well, thank you for being with us. First, Tom, um, I guess our listeners would like to know a little bit about your background and what led you to write for the funeral services industry. Um, well, I, I first uh, started working with funeral homes uh, as an obituary uh, column writer at the Times of Trenton. I was uh, working a bunch of different jobs uh, to pay my way through school, and, and that was one of them. Um, and I, I sort of took a break from funeral service after that. I, I worked as a, as a teacher. Um, I uh, worked for Bloomberg News on the financial journalism side. And uh, several years later, I, I, I uh, ended up getting a job at Kate Boylston Publications, and uh, it sort of brought me full circle back to uh, reporting and on funeral service again. And uh, I've been I've been here for about four years now. Wow, that's great. Um, so you you write for the um, publications as well as edit them? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I was initially uh, hired uh, to work with American Funeral Director and American Cemetery Magazines. Um, those are two national publications that we do. Um, and then I uh, was given the opportunity to take over Funeral Service Insider, which is the, a, a weekly newsletter that goes out nationwide um, to funeral professionals across the country. And uh, I've been in that role for about two years now, and I still help out with the uh, the magazine, so I, I have my hand in a lot of different things. Yes, you do. And I was reading um, a copy, I think from uh, 2007, and being a pet lover, um, I was very interested in the pet funeral services industry, and I read a really great article that you had written, and it was about how a funeral director was trying to expand their services, and they were actually building a, a doggy park, and they had a, a little um, pet cemetery, and they were offering actually pet wellness services. Do you remember that article? Yes, I do. That was um, Hillcrest Flynn in uh, Pennsylvania, and um, Tom Flynn is is one of the leaders of that company, and they've actually opened up uh, an entire consulting firm called the uh, Pet Service Advisors, which basically helps funeral homes and, and others interested in getting in this field, um, you know, to, to sort of uh, brainstorm and develop a business plan. And he's done a, a, a really great job in sort of coordinating his human business and pet business um, so that both sort of feed off each other. And, um, you know, from my talks with Tom and the other people at his company, um, he really sees this as, as a really growing business and, a, and it's really helping him drive his human business as well. And, and that's a really interesting dynamic if you can get it going. And it's sort of like the the holy grail, I guess, for, for funeral homes as far as on the human side is, is can this uh, pet service business actually supplement their human business and, and help 
that grow. Um, so a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do that. And, and Hillcrest Flynn is, is one of the businesses that, that seems to have, have figured out that riddle. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's very interesting. And of course, you know, man's best friend, why wouldn't you want to be buried with man's best friend? And I think um, it's I think it's very important to spend as much care and attention on your pets because they are members of your family as you do the human members of your family who pass on. So that bring, that brings us into a segue. Let's chat about pet funeral services, Tom. Um, do deaf care professionals really take this niche seriously? I think it depends on who you ask. Um, and, and it might also depend on what part of the country you work in. Um, because in, in some rural parts um, where, where maybe uh, animals are more, you know, working dogs and, and, and outside type animals, um, you know, may, maybe there, there isn't that, that, um, that sort of mindset to, to have these funerals for them or these big memorial services. People might just end up burying them in the backyard. Um, and it doesn't mean that they don't mean as much to them, but um, I think particularly in the cities where there's a shortage of land, where people aren't really allowed to, to, to bury their pets in their backyard because of zoning regulations and, and, and maybe um, where it's just a little less taboo, um, you know, uh, pet funerals seems to be, be growing more in those areas. Um, and, and it also depends on, you know, the funeral home um, and their mindset to this as well. Um, some people I talk to, um, see this as, as sort of, um, you know, a, a little bit of, uh, something that, that families might take the wrong way if you also serve pets and, and they think that that might be a detriment to the business and, and sort of a pitfall, um, be, because they don't want to be seen as treating pets on par with humans. And, and I think that's a really valid concern. Um, but, the, but there are other, other, um, um, businesses that really have this as part of their business in the same building, and they've reported no sort of lashback at all. And the families that they serve might really appreciate this, that they're serving um, all members of the family. So, you know, I don't think there really is a right answer. Um, it might just depend where you are, how your customers and families feel about it, and how you position the business. And everyone, you know, these are answers that each funeral home or 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 each business sort of looking to get into is, to this has to answer for themselves. You know, you, you're right about that. And um, I, I think it, it's, it's, you're right about a community that care, you know, if your community cares about their pets, um, then that will resonate, I guess, with the people who, um, who work, you know, work for the funeral home and, and they'll convey that to their um, clients as well. How significant um, might this be to a funeral home's potential earnings? Um, it can be very significant, um, regardless of whether or not you open it up as a standalone business or as part of uh, an existing funeral home. I mean, there's there's different ways you could go about it. Um, you could you could open up a separate uh, business and a separate uh, location, a, a pet crematory, and and so forth, or you could have it as part of your existing business. Um, but some some of these businesses are literally handling. Um, you know, memorial services or cremations at the very least for, you know, thousands of pets, sometimes, you know, 1,000, 2,000 pets. And, you know, normally for, for a human business, you know, the, the norm for a small firm is maybe 200 calls. And, and you know, because there are so many more pets, there are so many more uh, potential families out there to serve. Um, on, on the uh, on the downside, however, you know, the, the average revenue per call 
is is going to be a lot less. I mean, for for a pet, you know, you you can have a, a simple cremation, um, you know, and 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 something like that for maybe three hundred dollars or so. Um, but if you multiply that times, you know, one thousand or two thousand you see that can be a significant um, revenue stream there. And also there really is no limit to the amount that you can spend. Um, you know, I think I read something a while ago, a while ago about Leona Helmsley when she died, you know, building a, you know, a mausoleum for her pet and, and, and doing all sorts of grandiose things. Um, now a normal person probably wouldn't do that, but you you do have people who are very attached to their pets and 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 rightfully so, um, and and they're they're not hesitant to spend one thousand, two thousand, maybe even three thousand um, dollars to memorialize their pet in, in the way that they feel is is right and that you know respects the relationship that they had. Um, it it could be significant. The other part that is sometimes hard to quantify is if. Um, you're also a human funeral home, and that's not always the case, but if you have a, a human business um, serving these pet families um, can, can, can promote a lot of goodwill, and they're more willing to pre-plan with you um, in some cases, um, and you're also sometimes opening up um, new areas since you're, you're serving a larger geographic area if you serve the pet family um, in an area that you norm normally don't serve, they might think about you when it comes time to take care of a human member of their family. Um, so, you know, it really depends on, on your business model and, and how you run it, but it can be quite significant. It's, it's nothing to, you know, not take seriously. Very good point, Tom. And I, I really appreciate the, uh, the part about the goodwill because I know if I um, if my pet passed away and I used a pet uh, funeral services and they took uh, care and attention to that service, I would certainly consider if I had an, a human loss in my family going back to that same provider or possibly asking them for a referral. So it's also a good networking service, wouldn't you say? Oh, a absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I think you asked me about Hillcrest Flynn earlier um, in Pennsylvania, and you know the th things they're doing are, are just amazing with the dog park, um, you know, pet wellness classes, and any business can do this. A, num a number of them do. Um, you know, just as we have other types of services for human families, be it um, grief support groups and that kind of thing. Um, a business that gets involved on the pet side can do all those types of things as well. Um, and it really does generate a lot of goodwill. Um, you know, it shows that you care about, um, you know, serving all members of their family. If, if that's the type of model you, you decide to pursue. You spend a great deal of your life with your pet. And when they do pass on, you want to memorialize them in the same way that you would memorialize any member of your family. Oh, ab absolutely. United Priority Distributors, they make a number of products and, and they're well respected and a number of other companies do as well. If you just go to any, um, you know, trade convention, you know, NF NFDA, ICCFA, CANA, um, and you walk the floor, you will see booth after booth, um, you know, featuring uh, pet products that, that serve uh, bereaved pet parents. And, you know, you'll also see a number of educational sessions that seem to be increasing as, you know, the business as a whole recognizes the, the potential, um, you know, on the business side to make money and then also to, to do good things for your community. So, um, you know, 
just look around and, and you will see, you know, how important this is and, and how, how much of a growing field it is. Oh, you're absolutely right, especially for children. I mean, uh, children need to have that kind of closure and not, you know, that their their pet and member of their family ha is gone. Where did they go? They need to have the same kind of closure that they would have if any other member passed on. Yes, it, it, that that is that is true. Um, it's interesting because as a side project of mine, I'm, I'm working with uh, Colleen Ellis. Um, she opened the first standalone pet funeral home in the country and operates uh, Two Hearts Pet Loss Center. And we're, we're actually working on a book together about, um, you know, pets and bereavement and um, all the various options open to people. And and it's interesting because the, the majority of books out there right now actually do focus on just what you said, um, how the deaths of pets most often affect children. Um, but they also affect everybody else, too. I mean, there are older people, um, adults, um, people whose children have left home. Um, normal people who, who just get so torn and um, upset over the loss of a pet. And in many cases, they're, you know, maybe they're not married, maybe they don't have kids. And, um, you know, the type of emotional support and friendship that they get from their pet or pets is very real. And, um, you know, it's something that people are recognizing more and more. Um, they don't feel, you know, maybe, maybe ashamed about that anymore. They're, they, they really, feel as society has become to accept pets more as members of the family that they they want to grieve and mourn their deaths just as they would um you know a a, a human friend um so you know it is an interesting development how are the national death care associations like the nfda and the iccfa how are they responding to this growing niche in death care um well the iccfa actually just created um a subdivision of its association called the Pet Loss Professionals Alliance. And uh, that's actually headed by Colleen, um, who I just mentioned. Um, and and Bill Remkes uh, is also helping out with that as well. Um, and um, the NFDA, you know, it has regular sessions and uh, webinars and that type of thing about how to get involved in this. And then um, CANA, the Cremation Association of North America, um, recently announced a partnership with the International Association of Pet Cemeteries, um, and they are now going to be working together to try to bring um, forth this mission to a, to a larger audience and, and to try to get the word out as to um, you know how to best serve pet owners and that kind of thing. Um, so you know, regardless of what association you're allied with or, or what group um, you know you you best you, you feel most comfortable working with. Um, you know, the point is, is that there, there are a number of death care associations out there getting involved with this. There's a number of resources out there where people can go to for information. Um, so, you know, one is not necessarily better than the other, but um, just, you know, find a group that you're comfortable working with and, and seek them out for information. Do you see any obstacles or any pushback to funeral homes or other death care professionals who are serving pets? Um, there is. Um, you know, there, there are some funeral homes that really don't want to get involved in this. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a wrong thing. As I said before, it might be based on your market, on your, on your, on your business, on, on your community. Um, but some people really feel like it would, it would almost denigrate, um, their existing human business if they were to start serving pets. 
um, because they they would feel like that would be putting pets on par with people, and they feel like that that would be a bad thing. That that's that's uh, not something that they really want to promote. Um, you know, on the on the other hand, like I said, there are a number of people and a number of communities where this really hasn't been a problem, um, and and where people actually appreciate their funeral homes being more inclusive of you know pet family members and so forth. So. Um, you know, it it just really depends um, on on your viewpoint. I think. Yeah. So, and it depends on the community that you're serving. Um, and I think it would actually make funeral homes stand out from other funeral homes in the community. I know in my town, I, I live in a small town, and there are eight funeral homes, and there aren't that many deaths. And I think if one had an adjunct service that serviced pets, um, I think that would be the funeral service of my choice. Yeah, that's a good point, and I and I and. As I noted previously, a lot of this is about developing relationships with people. Um, you know, serving pets can be a great way for a funeral home or a business to get to um, people and develop a relationship with them when they're in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s before they're really thinking about pre-planning, mm-hmm. um, before they might typically be having to arrange the uh the, the services for their their parents um, because as you know a lot of younger people uh, really love their pets and 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 really cherish their pets so um, you know it's it's a way to not only make some some money on the pet side but to develop those kinds of relationships early on so that you might be the first funeral home that they think of um, when they do have an at need situation on the human side. Now, um, let's talk about the costs. What type of costs are typical for these types of services for the consumer? It can, it can vary greatly. I mean, you know, uh, just a simple pet cremation, if you want an individual pet cremation with the cremated remains returned to you, um, you're probably looking at a couple hundred, few hundred dollars. Um, but there, there, there's just such a wide range because, for instance, um, someone who goes to a veterinarian um, they might not really choose to have an individual cremation. Um, they might not choose to get an urn, but they still might opt to, for some kind of service, maybe a group cremation or um, something where they at least know that the remains of their pet were treated honorably and with respect, but they might not opt for you know full service. Um, and there might be another person who you know, chooses a, a, a product from, you know, a supplier, an, ur- an urn, um, you know, maybe a stone with an image of their pet engraved onto it. Um, maybe they, they choose to bring the pet back in an urn and keep it on their mantle, or maybe they want the pet buried at a pet cemetery. So then you have not only the cost of their cremation, um, maybe the cost of a container, but then also, you know, space in a pet cemetery. Um, and another interesting thing is a, a lot of people um, these days actually want to be buried with their pets. And um, it depends on the state where you're in. Um, you know, some states have rules against it. Other, other states don't. Um, some states, they don't really say one way or the other. Um, but you can, you know, for instance, depending where you are, actually be buried with your pet and, and have, you know, uh, you know, have your pet's remains interred with you. And that's another um, option that is uh, really important to some people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what states? I mean, you're in New Jersey. I'm in the New York metro area. So um, I know that on Long Island, there's a big pet cemetery. And um, I'm not quite sure about the laws. Do you know what the laws in our area of the woods? Um, I know in Pennsylvania, you can be buried uh, with your pet. Um, but it really varies. Um, it's something that I, I think is probably going to become more prevalent as, as, as people bring this up, because in a lot of, a lot of places, I don't think they've ever really thought about this before. So, um, you know, I couldn't really tick off a, a state by state list, but that's something, um, that a national association, if you went to them, um, you could seek guidance from them on if you were, for instance, maybe a cemetery owner who was interested in maybe marketing, um, you know, a people and pet section where people could be buried together, um, with their pets in the same section, which, you know, that is something that some cemeteries are doing. So you just, you really just got to make sure um, that your state allows that and to, and to, you know, do some investigation beforehand. So it's an excellent source of additional revenue for cemeteries as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, some human cemeteries are opening up pet sections or, you know, sections where people could be buried with their pets. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a new business uh, dynamic on, on, you know, for multiple businesses. Now, you know, in the um, industry that we're in, you have pre-need and you have that need. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of funeral directors try to get um, increased business in the at-need section. Um, will we be seeing more advanced planning arrangements to handle deaths of pets, especially as they get older? I know I have a friend whose pet is 18 years old and she actually starting right now to look for arrangements for her pet because, you know, the end is near. Will we be seeing more of that? I think you will. I think you will. Um, I actually, uh, one of my friends is uh, Quinn Egan with Pre-Need Pre Funeral Program. They're a, they're a very big uh, pre-need marketing company out there. And I was talking to, talking to him recently about this very issue. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone would know better, better than Quinn as to, you know, the viability of pet pre-need and, he, he seems to think that this this will be a developing niche, um, you know, not not on the par with the human side, obviously, but he does think there's a there's a niche to be played in that. And, you know, I would agree with that. Um, people spend huge amounts of money on their pets, um, you know, uh, to treat them for cancer. Um, people are buying pet insurance. Um, people put their pets up at pet hotels and, and spend, you know, large amounts of money. Um, so I think a lot of people would want to have the, uh, you know, the peace of mind to know that their pet is going to be taken care of, um, you know, in death beforehand, especially if, you know, you, you never know if, if something happens to you, um, and your pet outlives you. I mean, a lot of people would like to know that there, there were arrangements made so that the pet is going to be taken care of in the way that they wanted the pet to be remembered and memorialized. What other types of products memorialize the death of, of a beloved pet? Because you see a lot, like in the other side of the industry, you know, people have jewelry and pieces of art and all types of biodegradable urns and all kinds of things. What other um, products help memorialize the death of a beloved pet? I, I think a rule of thumb would basically be to take whatever you see on the human side and virtually you see all of that on the pet side as well. Um, maybe not, maybe not as much of it, maybe not as many companies competing on the same space, but you can, you can get, you know, the cremated, uh, remains of a pet memorialized in a piece of jewelry that you wear around your neck or as earrings. 
Um, you know, you, you can get very, all different types of urn options for your pet. Um, there's a big market for, um, you know, art memorializing a pet. Um, mm -hmm. so you, you can remember your pet and, 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 and I think there's some companies where they'll even, um, you know, use the cremated remains and the paint that they, that they use to create a piece of art so that you can actually have a piece of art with the cremated remains, you know, as part of the piece of art. Um, so people, um, there's, there's so much creativity out there. There's so many ways to memorialize the pet, um, you know, beyond just the marker and the urn options, which, you know, are, are probably the two biggest, uh, things, but there, there are just so many options out there. No, that, that's pretty exciting. I didn't realize that had, the industry had grown that vastly. Now, um, you know, there's such a huge increase in cremation, um, you know, on the human side. Um, is that also conveyed on the pet side? Do we see an increase in cremation for pets as well? Yeah, for pets, you're, ta you're talking, it's pretty much strictly uh, cremation. Um, you know, I, w I, I don't think anyone has a percentage breakdown, but, you know, some people will um, bury the full bodies of their pets um, and put the pets in caskets and so forth. But by and large, um, you know, most people choose to uh, remember their pets by cremating them. Um, and, and that's just the vast majority. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, really heavily cremation as far as pets. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what's the role of veterinarians in all of this? I mean, they take care of pets while they're well, and they help them on their journey through life. And at end of life, um, do veterinarians serve any part of this? Well, you know, the, the best way to explain that, um, would be maybe to give you an analogy, um, as hospices might be on the human side of the business, veterinarians are probably serving the same role on the pet side of the business or even more so. Um, they are the point of contact, um, whereby funeral homes really, um, get introduced to families or get referrals. And, um, a lot of funeral homes will just strictly work with veterinarians um, more so than individuals, um, because they'll serve that veterinarian and do group group cremations, and um, really be the veterinarian's go-to person to cremate the pets and dispose of the remains properly, and to you know work one-on-one -on -one with those families that do request something a little bit more. Um, you know, so so veterinarians are, are really the the key uh, the key factor in all of this for for many communities. Um, and, um, you know, funeral homes are just trying to figure out how this whole dynamic works and, and whether or not they want to focus on volume and work with the veterinarians or if they want to focus more on the specialized service working with individuals or a combination of both. So, Tom, should there be any legal concerns? For instance, what if you return the cremated remains of the wrong pet? Can you actually be sued? That's a great question, Nancy. Um, I actually wrote an article recently about that in Funeral Service Insider, and um, you know anyone is welcome to email me if they want to get a free copy of that. Um, you just go to our website, funeralserviceinsider.com, and click on the Contact Us page. Um, but different states are handling that differently. Um, you know, some states have had decisions on the books where they are actually awarding, um, you know, pain and suffering losses, punitive damage type of losses for pet owners, um, you know, who have lost a pet wrongly. And these decisions might not always pertain directly to funeral service. Some of them do. Um, but, 
they are establishing the precedent that pet, pet owners can, um, you know, pursue those types of damages when they are, you know, wronged by a business or an individual that, you know, um, um, affects their pet in that relationship. So, you know, just, just, you know, to be prudent, um, you know, the same type of precautions that a business, a funeral home takes on the human side, they really should think about um, taking the same types of precautions on the pet side as well. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, authorization forms, um, you know, um, making sure that the right pet is cremated, that the right remains are returned to a family. And, you know, you, if you're really taking this as a serious part of your business and, and it's a, it's a, you know, an important part of your business, um, you really need to be thinking about all these things. Mm -hmm. Now, you, we discussed that you could uh, actually, a funeral home can open up as a standalone facility to serve only pets, or they can also do it as part of their business of funeral homes serving the general public. Um, do How does that work? Do they have a separate um, room for um, pet caskets and urns and things like that? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, I, I, it really depends on the funeral home getting involved. Um, you see different types of models. Um, you know, some businesses are opening an, opening up a, as you said, uh, you know, a pet branch of their service with maybe a separate defined room to to handle those types of arrangements. And um, you know, they, there might be a, a pet crema cremator unit um, within that same facility. Obviously, that unit would be used just for pets, but it might be alongside a, a, a unit that handles humans, um, and it's all maybe under the same roof. Another business might go about it a different way and, um, you know, open up a separate off-site pet crematory. Maybe there's an attached office on that where they handle arrangements if, if someone wants to actually hold a service. Um, you know, so there, there really is no right answer. There's, there, there, I can't tell you that, you know, this is the way you do it. Um, different, different people are pursuing different things um, depending on what makes the most sense for their business. So there are different business models, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Tom, where do you see all this headed in the future? Um, in the future, I mean, I think this is uh, still on the way up uh, as a short answer. I, I don't think it, it has hit a ceiling by any means. Um, I think just 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 looking at the fact that various associations are creating um, subdivisions to focus on this, um, you know, is a testament to the fact that this is this is a growing business. And also, when you look at suppliers um, coming up with different products that serve this space, um, you know that that also shows you that um, not just funeral homes, but funeral home suppliers also think that this is a business that has legs that is going to keep growing. Um, so, you know, by no means do do I think that you'll ever see the majority of funeral homes having, um, a pet operation, you know, you know, I'm talking more than 50%, but you know, you might, you might get to the point where you have, you know, maybe 20% of funeral homes that are involved in this. Um, and I don't think anyone knows for sure right now how many are actually involved, but it is growing. Um, I think you can expect it to grow for, you know, probably another 10 years at least until you, until you really hit that ceiling where, you know, you, you see it, no longer increasing. 
Tom, you and I have discussed this already about baby boomers. They've kind of set the trend for personalization. Everything has to be personalized, and that's really been a huge trend in the uh, on the human side of the business. And I would assume that when their pets um, when their pets pass away, that the, the same kind of thinking would prevail. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, boomers they want things um, you know their way. They want it personalized, but. Um, you know, another interesting thing to note again is that pets also are are really popular and really members of the family for even younger people. Um, you know, I just recently watched that movie, uh, Marley and Me, and you know, as as if you've seen the movie, I mean, the characters in I love it. Yeah, it's a great movie, but the characters in the movie, I mean, they're young professionals in in their in their thirties, and um, you know it. it and even people who are even younger than they are, um, you know, pets can be such a such a big part of someone's life, and it really doesn't matter how old you are. Um, and I think you know, people who are getting involved in this business um, are typically pet lovers themselves. You know, the funeral homes that are getting involved with this are are owners that own a pet. Um, you know that, or at least you know, enjoy being with pets, and and they realize they know firsthand, you know, like how how important a pet can be to somebody. So, um, you know, I I think it's it's across all age groups, but you do make an, an important point. I mean, especially boomers, um, which is such a, a growing part of the population, you know, a big part of the population. Um, you know, they they really value getting things done the way they want. Mm-hmm. No, you make a great point, and it it kind of it resonates with with all age groups, and a lot of people are putting off having children um, to devote to their careers because of the economy, obviously. And um, how do you replace that need for nurturing uh, within a family unit? Obviously, a pet. Yes, yes. Um, you know, pets can be. Um you know, for instance, I, I think back when when I went away to college, and and my mom all of a sudden got more attached to her dog, and and ever since the dog has been, you know, whatever family dog she has has been such a bigger part of her life um, than when I was there. I mean, we had dogs growing up and pets, but I think she was more worried about taking care of the kids and the household, and um, you know, that's just an example of. of mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it sometimes depends on where you are in your life and, and maybe, um, you know, as, as you get older or you go to a different life stage, the pet can sort of take a greater meaning in your life. And, right. you know, who, who is anyone to sort of, you know, scoff at that relationship or or, or look down on it? Um, you know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is that when a pet dies for someone who really spends all their time with the pet and values the pet, it can be just a tremendous loss. And, and these people, um, you know, as part of the mourning process, um, it can really be beneficial for them to, to memorialize their pet and to sort of, you know, respect and pay tribute to that uh, relationship that they had. Well, thank you, Tom. I really enjoyed chatting with you about these pet funeral services. It's really opened up my mind to um, the new trends that are in the industry. And I'm sure it's given a lot of funeral directors listening to this um, podcast some ideas on how to increase their revenue and also offer adjunct services to really kind of brand their funeral home and to to engender goodwill in their community. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add or would you like to give the listeners some more information on how to contact you? Um, yeah, great, um, Nancy. I, again, I just want to thank you for for having me again. I, I really find this topic very interesting. Um, if anyone wants wants to contact me, if they have any questions or maybe want to learn a little bit more about Funeral Service Insider, 
or other publications, um, you know, they're welcome to call me by phone at uh, 732-730-2586. Or um, anyone can visit our um, the website, funeralserviceinsider.com. Um, if you go to the Contact Us page, you can send me an email. Um, again, my name is uh, Tom Parmalee. And, um, you know, I always enjoy discussing this topic with funeral service professionals, cemetery professionals. So um, anyone is welcome to contact me. Thanks so much, Tom. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nancy. Receive a 15% discount on all pet memorials for your funeral home at unitedpriority.com using coupon code Pet Discount. United Priority Distributors has a large selection of pet caskets, pet cremation urns, and memorial keepsakes. View our wholesale catalog at unitedpriority.com.